Hello, and welcome to Celluloid Citizens. I'm Brian O'Connell. And I'm Sean M. Thompson. And today we're talking about An Evening with Beverly Luff Lynn, an absurdist comedy directed by Jim Hosking, co-written with David Wyke, uh, and starring Aubrey Plaza, Emile Hirsch, Jermaine Clement, Matt Berry, and Craig Robinson. It's Indeed. um yeah, it's quite a stacked cast. Uh which was I mean I'd I'd heard about this movie um like I think like even like a year or two ago and I'd known that Aubrey Plaza was in it so she was a name I recognized but when I actually sat down to watch this uh for this episode I was like, "Oh, is that that's Jermaine Clement. That's not very is is kind of surprising in that way to see so many. Yeah, um, I mean, it was especially um, surprising for me. I'd seen the film. Um, I had seen the film this director did before, The Greasy Strangler, and I didn't mm. realize it was the same director. First off, oh, because okay. That film, there's not really any. I don't think there's a single name in it. Yeah, it's just an indie film. Hmm. But I, they, I mean, there are it. similar cast members that were in um, uh, An Evening with Luff Lynn. But, you know, like, then they actually had, like, stars in it, too, so. Yeah, which um, winds up making for a particularly uncanny experience to see these uh, fantastic actors, certainly great comedic actors, um, delivering extremely stilted and weird <laughs> performances. Yeah, um, because it, it was one thing when it was the Greasy Strangler, and it's like people I've never really seen acting before, and it's yeah. like, okay, that makes sense. But when it's like, you know, Aubrey Plaza or like Jermaine Clement or whoever, definitely a different uh, dynamic. Yeah, I, I mean, Craig Robinson alone who is... Who spends most of the movie just grunting, yes. Yeah, which is never, like, quite explained in detail. He's just, like, he's, like, subverbal for, like, most of the movie. It's, and it's just... he, There's one line about how he gets anxious, but it's, it's definitely a throwaway. Yeah, yeah. And, um... I mean, I... I... I so... I'll I'll describe I went in as blind as I possibly could because this was a movie I was um I I I felt like it should just be experienced for what it is I'd heard like some things from you in advance but I didn't read reviews in advance or anything um and I, the best way I can describe it the first like description that occurred to me was it's like something that would air on Adult Swim at two in the morning, stretched out to a a feature length film. If that yeah, I makes think sense. that's accurate. It's very. I think I described it to you as like, if David Lynch and Tim and Eric made a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did say that to me, and I haven't. Um, I admittedly have still not seen a David Lynch movie, but. A lot of reviews I was looking at before this um, podcast uh, were comparing it to the work of David Lynch and its kind of um, uncanny vision of 
of, I guess, small-town America, although it's kind of unclear where and when this takes place. Everybody's in clothing that, like, evokes... The the costume design alone, (laughs) I mean... You can think what you want about the film, but the costume design is, like, incredible. The whole aesthetic and, like, everybody has awful hair. Just Um, the worst, yes. It's all, like, the decor is all browns and, like, beiges, and it's really just, like, it's a hideous aesthetic, but it's it's very well pulled off, and um, it's quite funny, some of the, as you, some of the costumes, it's just, they're just absolutely uh, absurd. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess absurd is what the movie is aiming for. It's, um... I, I don't think I, it's trying to make any broad statement. No, 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 no. It's not, um, it's not, it doesn't seem to be a commentary on, on anything. In, I mean, like, I read an interview with the director who said he was trying to make a new type of romantic comedy for contemporary times and I don't know if that's what I got from it exactly. That sounds like he's being sarcastic a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if he's being serious about it, but he did say that he was aspects of it he was trying to be sincere with, and I didn't, maybe a little bit at the end of this film, but the film doesn't feel, sincere isn't the word I would use to describe it. It's like just layered, not even in irony, but in just like, alienating effects and things like that it's as i mentioned the acting is deliberately i mean one of my favorite performances uh that doesn't come from one of the bigger name actors um is ajay i don't know the actor i'll check the cast um sam i'm gonna mispronounce this sorry in advance uh disanayake plays ajay um Aubrey Plaza's character's brother. Which and is he, funny enough. Yeah, and he um especially in the midpoint of the movie, he just kind of shouts his lines with like little intonation or variation. And it's just like so unnatural, but it made me laugh. I mean like definitely yeah, there are little things like like on the I sort of did a second I watched it and then I sort of when I had time did a second, let's say, skim through, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I rewatched the um, the robbery scene. Yeah, and I had not noticed the first time that his store is called Amazing Naturals, <laughs> and like I don't know, that sort of killed me on the second watch. I was I, like, oh my I gosh. didn't notice that either. Um, but it's not something they say. It's just it's literally just on the sign. Yeah, it's very again a lot of the for me the more um potent humor is just in in the set and the decor and just the I atmosphere. mean just so, like just little things like even from the beginning when someone orders a cappuccino it's in like a it's in like a 7-Eleven soda cup it's like yeah. a huge like plastic <laughs> cup with like whipped cream on the top it's like they deliberately um chose jarring not just not just the dialogue and everything but very jarring like elements to just have in the frame and that worked very well i i i think for the first um 
I think the first half hour of this film, I was laughing pretty frequently just because of just the... It's like getting cold water dumped on you. Even though I knew what was coming, it was just the the abject... Like, the early scenes are presented with, like, this weird portentous music. And it's, like, what is it? The opening scene is... Um, they're in a coffee shop. They're in a coffee shop. And uh, Shane Danger, that's the character's name is, like, aggressively, like, criticizing his employees about, like, I don't know, what is it, like, the... Oh, the... he, they're, they're stacking the blend of coffee, and he's like, that's the winter blend, we're going for the midwinter blend, and the guy's like, I'm sorry, <laughs> we, I don't know why we have a midwinter blend. <laughs> it's just, yeah, no, it's very, um, it's very strange, but where this film, um, didn't, I think in, like, the middle portion, it started to lose me a bit just because it felt like this specific joke was wearing thin a little bit. I will bit. give you that. You know, I think this film might have benefited from losing maybe 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about the adult swim shorts that evoked for me, is that they tend to be kind of brief and contained. And I'm not saying this film had to be short length, but... Certainly, it felt like. I mean, when well, what's um, the runtime? Was it like an hour and forty? It was like an hour and forty. I think it was. Yeah, I mean, uh, they could have lost fifteen minutes. When I there's a point um in the show, what am I saying in the movie where um the show that the the story is centered around the titular evening with Beverly Laughlin, um gets delayed for a second time like they put it off again and at that point i was just like kind of like okay this is like starting to it felt a little like taxing at that point yeah no Um, i'll give you that they didn't need to delay it two times yeah but um i mean like i think there are great scenes in this film to be sure i i mean i don't know if spoilers are so relevant but um if 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 they matter to you in this case yeah i mean i guess spoiler alert even though yeah it isn't necessarily one of the like i could tell you the plot and i don't think it would spoil the film yeah no it's not it's not a plot oriented film but i especially found the um the climactic scene which is is beverly laughlin's show i mean Um, it's it's like we spent like an hour and 20 or 30 minutes like just hyping like, up this show and then it's just this guy singing like like little scottish songs folk songs yeah folk songs yeah it's like very like twee and the, the and you it's know, not like they're like meaningful deep songs one's called i wish i'd never become a football referee yeah it's and not. then the other one is just about uh i think rain and time i don't know yeah it's very um and i think i think that's when craig robinson actually gets to like act a little outside of just grunting and i think he does great i also it always pleases me to see matt berry in things because i think he's kind of 
generally underrated or at least underknown in the u.s i mean he carries he almost entirely carries the um what we do in the shadows show oh yeah i haven't um seen that yet but it's i mean i imagine I he mean, would he's be just a so great there's one episode where he's he's like trying to hide from someone that wants to do him harm so he moves mm-hmm. to like the somewhere in the middle of pennsylvania and just like goes by this really ridiculous redneck name and just starts like working at this bar and like uh coaching the local i don't know volleyball team or something oh my god it's um yeah no he's very i also and i'll thank our um mutual friend matthew and bartlett for for recommending this to me um uh his show in the uk the uh, toast of london is just oh, it makes it's it's hysterical to me. It's yeah, it's especially kind of te- if you like theater, it, it definitely. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It also it taps into something of a similar space as as this movie. I think it's not quite as stilted, but it is um, definitely strange and unlikely uh, plots. That I mean, that... I I first became aware of him from um, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which oh, is one yes. of my favorite shows oh. that's ever been made. We should do a mini episode on that or something because we really I... should. But like, he's just—I don't know. It, it's funny because he's not one of these comedic actors where he really pretends to be other people. Like he no. sort of just does a variation of what I assume is a caricature of himself. Yeah, no, but it it's... just works really well. It's always Matt Berry that you're. I mean, like you, you, you don't identify him necessarily with the character. It's yeah, just he like, operates in this weird headspace where you're not always sure how ironic he's be. Like he, ha- yeah. he legitimately makes music. Like he yeah, has he albums that are available, and you can listen to the songs and still not know whether he they're a joke or just serious. Yeah, yeah. it's very. He's good too. He's good. He's definitely talented, but um. I don't know, uh, Matt Perry's great, seek out everything he's in. I mean, he always, he always, even if the product itself is not amazing, I think he adds something to whatever he's in. And that's certainly, I'm not saying that this movie's bad, but he certainly enlivened it for me. Um, I mean, well, I mean, you needed someone. So I guess we can get into one of the things I wasn't, entirely thrilled with was the whole grunting yeah. thing with craig robinson yeah that i felt... thought it was funny at like sort of funny at first but like when that's all of his dialogue yeah it does wear pretty thin pretty quickly so if... i see why they needed matt berry to be there to like actually have lines but even then it was like it feel what it felt to me sometimes like a waste of craig robinson yeah because no, i did feel that he can be very funny and like you know he he's delivered good performances, but just to, and it is funny at first I find, but but to have him for most of the movie just be this inert like grunting like figure, it felt a little, I don't know, it felt like it felt like I mean, there you was can some applaud mis- them for having the stones to be like this is what we're choosing to do. That's true. That but is true. That, that said, that doesn't mean you have to enjoy it. Yeah. Um. I was also pleased to see Jermaine Clement, um, who is, I love Flight of the Concords, um, and a lot of 
like good British uh the character actors in here, but um he he delivers a more I don't know, a somewhat more if if what he was if what the director was going for was sincerity, I would say the character of Colin seems to be the most like I don't know. I wouldn't say down to earth, but at least most recognizably. Comparatively, like, yeah. And I guess that you mentioned that it's supposed to be like. I mean, you can tell it's supposed to be some sort of romantic comedy. It's just, I don't know that so, I buy that it's entirely straight. No, I wouldn't like. Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's very, um, unemotional in the sense that I wasn't feeling like it was. It's it's like romantic comedy, but sans like the actual intent of of romance, and uh, certainly sans like conventional comedy. Somebody referred to it as like an an anti romantic comedy, or like a kind of like a weird like mirror of romantic comedies, and that I, I, you know I would say that like it's not necessarily yeah. it's not a parody of romantic comedies because. No. Because no. what the hell are they even? I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the scenes where they're together, Aubrey Plaza and Jermaine Clement, um, Aubrey and Aubrey Plaza just chain smokes through this whole movie. Yeah, but she she'll just be chain smoking, and then he'll be drinking. What the hell was the weird drink they gave him? Oh God, um, goddamn, I can't remember now. It was something. What was it? A rum and a ramble. Yeah, oh yeah, something. And I still some... don't know what a ramble is. Like it looked like <laughs> it might have been a candy bar, or it could have been like a slim jim. I don't know. Yeah, it was very. It's just um... like this big, kind of log, like sitting in his drink. <laughs> it was yeah. That was, and I don't know. It's. So... I mean, there's a lot of poop. Like that's there's that's the poop. movie. There's a lot of poop jokes. There's there's poop aplenty. Um. Jermaine Clement's character also rather amusingly I mean it's juvenile but it's still amusing refers to it as as poopies right or something like that right? yeah basically. it's really just strange I mean even in a comedy it's just strange hearing that come out of an adult's mouth with such a deadpan um inflection I mean it's definitely the thing is having seen Greasy Strangler which is one of the closest films I've come to actually throwing up while watching um, oh god because it's literally just grease it's like an <laughs> hour and a half of them like pouring grease on the food Ugh, i can't even describe it oh god that's great yeah it's it's rough um should i but watch so, like, it I, what should i watch it i mean how is your stomach i guess is the question i don't know i don't know there's a there's a junji ito story about grease and that's 11 pages but it's still put me off for like a whole afternoon i mean this is like people like in like in a barrel of grease like bathing <laughs> like it's like they go so over the top with it so anyway once i found that out yep. though that he also did this film like the gross out stuff made sense to me and it's like not anywhere close to what greasy strangler was like this one clearly they got a note like hey if this is going to be on netflix you, you can't be like making people throw up yeah yeah, but it, like, yeah. sort of straddles that line. There's a lot of that, like, oh, God, there's a scene where Jermaine uh, Clement, and I, I keep calling him Jermaine because I can't remember the character's name. Um, Colin. 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 There's a scene where Colin and 
Aubrey Plaza's character again. I can't remember her name. Lulu. Okay. There's a scene <laughs> where Lulu and him are eating lunch and they got like cheesy Ugh. onion rings and there's he just like grabs handfuls and like shoves them into his mouth and it gets caught in his mustache and it gets like caught in his facial hair and stuff and it's like uh. that was when that was one of the moments where i was like yep this is gross yeah, that was gross i don't know and and there is something just as we mentioned very off-putting about the film's whole design and aesthetic well because yeah it's uh, ugly this weird kind of nebulous and... like like, everyone's sort of dressed like it's the 80s or the 90s, but it's clearly not set then because people have cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I got some from some of the buildings and general color scheme. It felt vaguely 70s to me. But it isn't. It isn't. Conf- it's like it selected the ugliest trends and design from all of those periods and, like, just crammed them into... One, I was particularly off-put by the hair choices that these characters make. Everybody's it's re- hair is just like... Awful. It's like standing up, but not in a stylized way. Like, in a I-just-woke-up way. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's, like, overly long and lanky, but, like, cut wrong. And it's just... It's it's weird. I mean, it's... it's I, I All of those were choices I, I definitely... Um, appreciated yeah i I mean i think funny enough where i think the film fails Mm -hmm. is in trying to be in any way sincere and having a romance i feel like that is those are probably the moments that detracted from uh the comedy and i can understand you're doing a feature-length film and you have aubrey plaza and jermaine clement you want to have some sort of romantic i guess subtext or text yeah Um, but it seemed like the ending. Yeah, it seemed like it just wasn't executed as well. And it's like, well, how? I mean, it, how could it when it's surrounded by such weirdness? I know. I mean, like, I I'm a we we talked we've talked about this before a little bit, but I'm I'm a big believer in melodrama and how you can achieve a kind of deeper sort of emotional truth even if your even if your creation is very artificial and stylized so like a movie for me could be really over the top and unrealistic but still elicit some sort of like emotional response and in a way that could be more effective than realism right but this film isn't really is kind of the inverse of that in that it's stripping away everything that makes a story emotional honestly it's not um concealing the emotion through artifice it's it's like it's like cutting away any sort of um artifice or even like just like performance till the point where it's just kind of um banal weirdness and that i enjoy that but the ending scene which i did like i like the scene where they dance together it is a nice scene but it did feel contrived to me and if he was trying to go for sincerity in that in the last few minutes with that scene and also with the um i love you scene between the two um, between Jermaine Clement's character. Yeah, like, and... I understand why he would try it, but to me, those are the scenes 
that I don't mean, I like the dance scene, but it could have been a little shorter. I yeah, I agree. It was and, nice, um, but it and wasn't. The I love um, you scene. It just kind of felt like too little, too late because it's like we've just watched them. You know, we've watched Aubrey Plaza scream at him that she needs like heavy duty tampons, and then he's like, <laughs> "I'll go grab the tampons." And, <laughs> it's and um, like, and that's where I think the film, you know, is legitimately funny, and like that's what I think like drives yeah. the narrative. In 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 an interview I read with him. Um, the director, he was talking about how people saw this as his gamble to be a little more accessible by casting. Yeah, I would say that. But he talked about how the Greasy Strangler movies like that, that comes easy to him, and it's trying to introduce sincerity and emotion into the narrative that's harder for him. And I that mean, makes 100%, sense. Yeah, you can tell from this film. Yeah, and I just I think the if 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 there there is a way to balance obviously there's a way to balance irony and emotion. But you have to do that. It's very hard to achieve, but you also have to balance it across the narrative so it doesn't just yeah, feel like Yeah, it has like, to be spaced out. The thing is I feel like he was so preoccupied with having to have these overt kind of like romantic comedy scenes that he didn't need like you even though it's this weird weird movie like even in the really weird scenes you can tell there's like a connection that um i always forget jermaine clement's name in this colin 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 has with lulu (laughs) yeah like like you don't need to like hammer that over the head like when they're like eating lunch together and just hanging out all the time like it's there yeah yeah. But it just—I feel like he tried to go a little more sincere with it to maybe like just in case people didn't get it, it's supposed to be romantic, but I felt like that sort of detracted. Yeah, it's not. Um, and if I mean, like, I don't know. It just felt tacked on at the end to me that like uh, this is actually a story about a romance. I mean, like, I don't know. It it it. I I think. If I it mean, was... I, personally, I would have been fine with, and yeah, the dance scene went a little long for me, but I would have been fine if they ended it, like, right there. I agree. Because it's like, you sort of get the sense, like, oh, okay, like, they actually are going to maybe pair off, and, like, there's been this sort of will-they-won't-they, they, even though it's just very bizarre, because it's over someone shoving onion rings into their face, or <laughs> yeah. chain-smoking, or... Yeah, and the dance scene still has an that element of I mean, absurdity to just it. so terribly it's so i i agree i think that probably would have been a better i would have cut the film there but then the final scene like the very very final scene they play it seems like they're trying to play it like straight sincere and that just felt wrong to me where you do kind of have a balance between like complete ridiculous irony in that dance scene because of the of the terrible dancing but also there's some undercurrent of like okay i could see these characters being together but then it's about that balance and i feel that i I feel like for me the actual ending was when it's that final kind of stinger scene with beverly lufflin in the car and matt barry comes in he's like nibbles nibbles (laughs) beverly nibbles and then he thinks he's dead, and then he wakes... Like, that, to me, was like, that's the ending. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. It's about that... 
I think the film, more often than not, fails to strike the balance. And when it's doing the more ironic, and I feel it's more in its element, as as one could assume from the what the director said in that interview, it's more in its element when it's doing the kind of Brechtian, like, like uncanny... Um, well, yeah, because I think the beauty of this film is that we haven't really had, like, a Tim and Eric-style full... I mean, we've literally had a Tim and Eric movie, but that's not what I mean. Like, we haven't had an Adult Swim-style, like, more or less, you know, like a theatrical kind of movie. Yeah. And this is, like, this is what that is. And so it's nice seeing that sort of working its way... Uh, I hesitate to say this is mainstream, but yeah, it's nice to see that kind of working its way into the mainstream and seeing that weird kind of like adult swim internet humor, like actually transformed into a feature film with like legitimate actors. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think personally, I didn't, I didn't dislike this movie per se, but I do think it's a step in that direction, but I do think there's a filmmaker who could probably pull it off a bit better than than this film. I mean, even with uh, Tim and Eric doing their films, like, and I was, I think Tom, Tim Heidecker did this one. He did like sort of a like a mockumentary where he was running for Mister America. Yeah, Mister America, and like it was okay, but I felt like it kind of fell flat. Yeah, and well, like, I mean, you know, and then they had the Tim and Eric movie, and like it was sort of, but like you know, but st- lately we've been getting stuff like um, uh, Zach Galifianakis had a Between Two Ferns movie. Yeah, that was that was actually very um well done, and yeah, opinion. and like so I I so I think yeah I liked this film, but I didn't love this film, and if I think the strength of it is that it is one of these forefront kind of more or less. I'll say internet humor because that's the you know like unhumor. It's yeah. like an unhumor film, mm-hmm. like sort of, and it's slowly working its way into the mainstream, and like that's nice because like, you know, right now, obviously I've seen unhumor and you have like having yeah. you know being of a certain age being on the internet, but like not everybody understands that kind of humor or no. is like even influenced by that kind of humor. No, yeah, and I think that is partially reflected in, admittedly, this film did not receive a very warm critical reception. For for some reasons that I agree with and others that I, I don't, I think there is a, a kind of generational element to to this that, um, I mean, you know, the thing again... I mean, like, with internet humor, with unhumor, even between fans of it, there's a divide, like... Yeah. Like, my girlfriend is way more, you know, she has way more um, internet experience, you know, she's on forums mm. and all this other stuff. So she'll show me memes that even I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, that's not yeah. funny to me. No, I know. I mean, so like... So there's divides even between people into internet style on humor. Yeah. It's not, um... It's not the easy... Yeah, it's not like... This is an acquired taste, is what no, I'll say. It's not like it's not like this is a Hugh Grant romantic comedy with Sandra Bullock and everybody can sort of, oh, he's charming, he's stuttering, and he's not yeah, no, you know, no, getting no, a prostitute no. in this. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, um... Well, uh, to... I mean, and I don't think there is... 
too too much to say about this movie so no but actually now that i think of it i did want to mention the prostitution scene because i did find it legitimately hilarious yeah no that's and that's it's just stuff like that it's like you know you think he's pairing off with someone but but the it's like the style yeah like because it's like that's not necessarily anything new for film but when they cut to them literally having sex inside a washing machine (laughs) like that's when it's like okay yeah yeah, and that's that felt honestly to me like like the joke itself is kind of um I could imagine seeing that in another movie, but it adds the absurd twist of the washing machine that Well, like, cuz it's yeah, that's I guess that's what my overall take on the film is. It's like it's not so much the jokes because the jokes have sort of been done before. It's like how they frame them and like the the design yeah and that's that's very i appreciated seeing those elements in the film i i thought it was um definitely a bold move on the director's part although i don't know if you can go anywhere but up after the greasy strangler if that's if it's what it sounds like i mean greasy strangler is legit like a it's like a b-horror movie but the killer is like constantly covered in (laughs) grease like that's literally the film I I mean yeah, and that I I I don't know. I'm I'm curious as to how that itself was received. I mean, but, I would never uh, want to watch it again because I'd probably throw <laughs> up. But yeah, I mean, but um, but I mean, and I definitely commend all of the actors for taking on what sounds like a difficult project. I. You know, we didn't talk about her too much on this episode. We have talked about her before. But I'm just in constant admiration of Aubrey Plaza's commitment. I think Aubrey to... Plaza is a lot like Matt Berry, where it's like even when you're watching that Child's Play remake they made, that was uh, okay. Yeah. Um, she's in it though, and like even the small part she's in, it like makes it that much better. Yeah, she and I, I appreciate her commitment to generally taking on interesting roles and like i mean she does a really great job in this film i hesitate to say she carries it but she's definitely keeping part of it up she's keeping part of it up i mean she's just so she there is a weird sincerity she has but in an ironic way because it's towards this stuff that when you watch it you're like huh like yeah she's utterly enamored of beverly love flynn during and like during the performance you know like she's like tearing up where he's like (laughs) why did i ever become a footballer it's like the worst (laughs) song too and she's like she's like swelling like he's like oscar wilde or something i loved those scenes that was all i mean that was the that was the stuff that kept me watching and um i mean i Again, I'll to bring my my general verdict down. I did laugh during Beverly Laughlin quite a bit. Um, I I still don't know if I can say if I like. I feel somewhat ambivalent about it in in many aspects. But I'm glad. I mean, like I'm glad I saw it and I did enjoy myself while watching it. But I don't know. If it's something I'd be quick to revisit, or I mean, certainly... I'll be the one on this podcast that says 
I quite liked it. I didn't love it, but I was willing to watch it again and I did enjoy yeah. it. And I would yeah. recommend, I mean, just in terms of modern comedies that have come out, I think it's one of the funnier ones I've seen in the last year. Oh, certainly, certainly. And definitely one of the more um, interesting f- yeah, so, films I mean, like, in we've general. We've talked about, you know, like how maybe the romantic elements didn't hit right or this or that. But like end of the day, comedy is supposed to make you laugh. It made me laugh. So I liked it. It did make me laugh quite a bit. I would um I would say it's worth watching if you are in for even even if it's not funny to you. I think it is just interesting from a from a general just perspective as like here are a bunch of A-list actors and like a really I mean, I do love the aesthetic of like everyone's just constantly eating like the the worst junk food yeah it's very like that um, makes me laugh it's like even when jermaine clement is going to get tampons he's got he comes back for some reason with like a soda the size of someone's head yeah. like for it's no just... reason at all so just stuff like that <laughs> yeah i appreciate it's yeah it's very um it's it's good i would say it's good i um i do think again that i mean so far this type of humor has mostly worked for me in the short form um, i will give you that because that's i mean that's actually honestly where it's mostly been seen we haven't but it is definitely uh an admirable and often successful attempt at translating that type of humor to a future I, I mean, I do applaud um, the director for attempting. I think if this style of film will work, if someone was able to kind of merge a more mainstream comedy with this style of humor, I think that would be the way you would do it. Yeah, I do think. I I do think perhaps it could be. Perhaps there's another director that could do it in a more cohesive manner, but I I I do. D- certainly uh laud the attempt and i do think there are a lot of um it produces many successful results there are great scenes in this there film are great. And, and it's also the it's also the director's second film yeah and i'm definitely i haven't seen the greasy strangler but i'm eager to see i where... mean no matter what you think of his films he always goes he always goes for it he goes for something that you have never seen and that's so um rare and commendable honestly to to have that i mean just but just try to imagine so you're a filmmaker and aubrey (laughs) plaza agrees to your film jermaine clement and craig robinson and matt berry and you know and you're like oh my god and then you make them do this that's i mean that's almost um funny in and of itself that's almost funnier than the film yeah yeah that he he took these like this is um, someone like people would die to have these people in a and to make a regular comedy (laughs) and this dude is just like cool all right let's have him shove onion rings into his face (laughs) yeah i i did like that i do i i respect this film um in many ways and i do i did enjoy it Um, i mean i'm glad netflix picked it up too although admittedly they also did a between two ferns movie so yeah i would recommend that one as well as a as a compliment to this in in terms of just um idiosyncratic comedies honestly like 
It's so rare for me to laugh at a comedy movie in general nowadays. Yeah, I think that's what I appreciate the most about this film is like, we're finally kind of seeing a counterpoint to just, I mean, like, you know, you've had indie comedies forever and like some of them I think work better than others, but like this is just really going for a different style of humor entirely. Yeah, and that's really refreshing in 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 a lot of ways, certainly compared to the utter trash that i find most mainstream comedies to be so as definitely a kind of i would almost say outsider art if it weren't um crammed with with uh amazing comedians um who are well known but as kind of a challenge or a response to um especially banal romantic comedies that we see a lot it's definitely valuable in and of itself for that. So I would recommend it. You would... I do think you have to be in a kind of a certain mood to watch it, but um, it's... De- I think I think most people should get something out of it, even yeah, if... Yeah, I, I mean, I remember when I watched it, it was like, I don't know, Thursday night, not much was going on. Yeah. It's a good kind of like Thursday night movie or even possibly a Friday night movie, but maybe put some stuff in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's worth watching and I I'm happy to have seen it. If I ultimately think it could be done better in the future, I definitely enjoyed the first steps in that direction. And there I don't want to sound like I'm coming down too hard on it because I did laugh quite a bit. Um across across no, i liked it. it it definitely made me excited to see what else this director has in store as yes well. yes i look forward like if this He's... dude did a western or something oh no. my god <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he says he wants to work with aubrey plaza again which i think i don't blame him yeah i mean who wouldn't but also i think they I, she she pulls off the acting style of this movie exceptionally well so where you can kind of have the balance between irony and and sincerity. So I would, if they worked together on like, yeah, like a Western or or like God, God, like a a musical or something. This dude did like a sci-fi movie. I would lose my mind. It'd be great. Um, But until then, I, I do recommend an evening with Beverly Loughlin I'll um if I'm feeling exceptionally masochistic, I'll I'll try the greasy strangler one night. But I don't I know. I mean, it's 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 in similar ways entertaining, but it is it is sometimes like you're like, why am I sitting through this intentionally? <laughs> I'm I'm look I'm seeking out those experiences lately, so I'll I'll let you all know. But I do have a low tolerance threshold for grease. But um Well, I would not. This is not the film for you then. <laughs> but uh but until then, um check out check out Beverly Luff an evening with Beverly Luff, Len. It is definitely worth your time and it'll give you something to think about. And uh, I, I think it will make most people laugh. I think so. Um so we're gonna wrap up the episode before we go. I gotta do all the plugs because I always forget. Yep. Uh, we are on Twitter at Celluloid Sits. We have a Patreon. I am admittedly a bit behind, like with the editing for the mini episodes, but we currently have the one uh, Midnight Gospel episode up. Got uh, another couple of sh- 
uh, episodes I'm going to edit soon and put up. And I'm going to try to be working on... I have an essay I'm going to post uh, pretty soon that's about cults that I think is a good essay Ooh. and that I would be willing to make people pay a dollar for. Cults yeah. and horror films, rather. It is only a dollar, so... It's a dollar. Are. I mean, like, <laughs> I know it seems like a big ask, people, but, like, you have paid for a sandwich you have thrown out most of. That's yeah. You have paid for gum that you lost and melted in your car. Yeah, very true. So, And this dollar... is continual and will continue to melt on you. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, with that, this has been Celluloid Citizens. I'm Sean M. Thompson. I'm Bran O'Connell. And, uh, yeah, go get me those big green tampons. 